It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Log Talk Radio. What's going on, Minor Nation? We're live with another episode of the Rush Podcast. I'm Anthony Salome. This is Alex Nicholas. Oh, cheers. Cheers. No cheers. A little no brew, a little, yep. little football talk, a little UTEP football talk, a little UTEP basketball talk. What's going on, guys? A, a Finally, a weekend finally, where man. we can smile on a Sunday. Yep. I mean, of course, school until the Cowboys lost, but hey, yeah, the Raiders so came through. There, but anyways, so what's good? There. What's good? Y'all know where to hit us up, 347-934-0951 is the call number. If you want to get in touch with us, hit us up on Twitter, twitter.com slash Rush or our handle is at Rush. Minor Rush open thread going right now. Y'all hit it up there. Let us know comments, questions, concerns. But, damn, man, um, let's just jump right into it. You know, say the obvious. Say the obvious. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, thank you, you coach. No, you know what? Before, before, before that, before that, before that, I have to say that I mean, I'm not ready to say I was completely wrong, but I have to say that I was wrong about Mac Leftwich. I, yeah. I do want to say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. I, you know, again, it, it's so early. It's one game. But the guy played really well, man. The guy played really well. I didn't know that he had that type of play in him. And obviously a lot of it has to do with the with the coaches opening up the playbook, you know, and just loosening up the range and letting him go with it. But I, I, I feel like I was wrong about him in a, in a sense, to an extent. Now – is this going to be kind of another uh, pulling the, the, the wool over your eyes with kind of like Ryan Metz where it was just like, hey, look what I can do one or two games. And not again, not a knock on Metz. The guy did great. But, you know, we saw what happened after he kind of started facing some better defenses and whatnot. Well, we showed, saw game film. He showed that he was a true fr- or a freshman, let's put it that way. And left, which is the same thing going to happen. You know, is he going to have a good game, maybe another good game, and then kind of like fade out? I don't know. But um, but either way, I mean, I was I – was, very impressed with the way that he played the guy, the guy threw some nice passes and more than that, you know, his stat line wasn't the greatest in that he was only what 19 of 36 or something like that. 20 of 39, 20 of 39. But, uh, but he had a lot of drops, man, Exactly. a lot of drops. And, and, you know, they could easily turn that into a 25 or 36 or something like that. And, or whatever it was, 39, that looks much better. And you're well over 300 yards. You know what I mean? So the guy played well, man, the guy played well. I agree. I mean, we just, we're sitting here, you go back to last week's podcast, and we just had no idea what to expect. You know, we knew what what needed to be done. We saw, we, we've seen, you know, we've seen the Mets experiment. We saw for, you know, two and a half quarters. We saw the Kabika Johnson experiment. We saw my, uh, Leftwich in two games and, and what we would joke about and call the Mac Leftwich offense. And now this is the offense that we've been kind of waiting to see. And I think not only have we been waiting to see, but Sean Cooler and the staff as well. Um, you know, just talking big time about it after the game about this is what UTEP football is. You know, it was just eerily similar, you know, kind of shine away from, from the left, which talk a little bit, but eerily similar to the way that UTEP won last year. And you're right. I mean, if there's – I can think of about three or four big drops that could have gone for at least 15 yards. You know, obviously the big one with Atre Golden, um, you know, down the sideline, the big one with, with uh, Batson. And then Batson had another one. Um, that was you had a linebacker on him. So 
I mean, there was – I just really, really was impressed with this game. I think exactly like Matt said, you know, it just it's, – it's more fun after the game. That was a big thing you wanted me to ask him, yeah. you know, how fun was it? And I think the fact that coming into the game and probably coming into the week that they knew that the offense was going to be more open, there's going to be more chances for big plays, that really just let the team just kind of let loose and just and lay it all out there. Um, but, you know, going back to – uh, you know, the way that it was won last year, the biggest thing in my mind, though, is through all the mistakes, you know, the gash plays, the couple of gash plays in the first half on the defense, that long run, um, you know, the punt mistake, the, the big punt return mistake that set them up for prime field position and an easy touchdown, and then the drops. As how this team was able to recover, recover from that and finish strong, that is the biggest standout in my mind is because we haven't seen that this year. We've seen one or two mistakes just fracture and the flood break and the flood gates open. And we're before we know it is 52-12 FIU. And today that's part coaching. That's part players responding to coaching and being men and stepping up and making plays. And that was a big thing. And and from my watch, my point of view, watching the game. But, you know, the real thing for me is that when, first of all, this defense held uh, Florida Atlantic scoreless for three quarters. That's, that's huge. Shut them down yeah, I mean, in the second half. Shut down the second half. But you know, granted, they gave up 17 points in the second quarter, but I'll take 17 points. Yeah. But it, it's just a matter of of desire, I guess you can say. You know, it, everybody has an extra that, that little extra step, that extra bounce, a spring in their step when you're playing well, when your offense is playing well, your defense is playing well. Everybody just kind of just grabs that 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 momentum and just runs with it man and, and and that's something that we haven't seen this year and it's been hampered by the play calling and what i don't understand for the life of me is why it took three and a half years to do this and every time we've seen it because we have seen it here and there you know when they needed it and they let ryan metz go out there apparently on his own call to plays what they said against nmsu it look what it did we scored 50 points man 52 points or whatever it is you know it, you you've seen that it can work and and not only that, I understand that we want to pound the ball. We want we want to use our our star Aaron Jones because you know I'm talking future and even past. You know when he's in there, we want to use him. But I don't understand how you don't see that he's such a weapon. But he could be such an even bigger weapon if you use that passing game. You know it, it opens things up for him and it frees up guys on the outside too. And and I mean you saw it. it perfect example of it this Saturday and this is the Florida Atlantic team that has played some competitive football you know it's not like this was some pushover I know their record's one in six now or whatever it is but this isn't a team that was just a bunch of scrubs I mean they had been playing fairly competitive and and this was a a game that UTEP wasn't favored in and and they came out and they handled their business and frankly it probably couldn't even been a bigger win than that if we had a couple more catches you know these drops that we saw and whatnot little mistakes but either way I mean it's just it, it, I hope that we don't regress in in the sense of of scheming and play calling, strategizing, and you know just continue to just let these guys go out there and play, man. And more than anything, I'm sure the defense is kind of pissed off when when they know what the strategy is offensively, when they know it's just going to be like, hey, let's just go out there and let's dump it off and let's run the ball and see what we can do and let's try to get it done. You know what I mean? Kind of it just takes the air out of the out of the ball. And 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 then you know your defense is just kind of put out there over and over again. But now, when they know coming in that hey, we're gonna just air it out, man. We're gonna we're gonna bring we're gonna pull out all the stops. We're gonna let it, you know. We're just gonna let it go. And and the defense feels feeds off of that too. And and it's just, I mean, we saw it 
work perfectly in this game. I don't know how well it's going to work at Southern Miss because they're playing extremely yeah. well. We'll get into but, that. <laughs> but, but you have nothing to lose at this point, man. And you're three and four. The season, I'm not going to go ahead and start talking bowls again, but the season is not yet you know so you kind of just breathe some new life into your program please 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 do not take that away at this point and and it opened the run i mean it it really did did. did. i mean and we've been talking about and and we and they're they're not sexy running numbers la dow and jeremiah lafasa aren't the big time playmakers that aaron jones is but to still have 33 carries behind and close to 150 yards minus 10 carries, you're getting that out of Aaron Jones. You know, if we want to put that comparison factor, which was a good comparison factor that you pulled out about Aaron Jones, and you just see that that it's able to. I mean, it's crazy because for the first time all year, on that physical-ass driver, we took seven minutes off the clock, and you had texted me, finally we're wearing a defense down for the first time all year, going back to what they were doing last year. And, And... you know, maybe the past game wasn't efficient as it was last year, but teams respected that threat with Jamil Showers, with Ian Hamilton. Now you're getting a guy like Batson that's starting to come along. Cole Freytag made a big catch. Um, Jaquan White is starting to become that consistent guy in the offense to make plays and to keep the chains moving and to continue giving – and they're having confidence in him. That's really one of the big things. So it's really good to see it come full circle. You just cannot afford to take two steps back with the scheming, with the play calling. Another thing that I like, and you brought it up, is the fact that this that we were aggressive. You know, yep. three big things jumped out at me that were aggressive. After turnovers, taking shots, you know, going play action. I can add in another one, play action on first down, play action yep. deep looks on first down. Number two, the way that they handled the end of the first half. Um, they didn't score, but, you know, the fact that once they crossed the 30, the – you know, the, the the urgency picked up, you know, the deep ball kind of got yeah. going. And then the last one, what was the last one that I had on my mind? I kind of forgot all this. Well, <laughs> the, the, the going forward on the fourth down, the, the, yes. the go, that, yes. that was another, those were four things that we hadn't seen in two and a half years that really, really, really just opened this game up. And not only, you know, from a football standpoint, but I think from the sidelines, and Kugler talked about it yesterday, that confidence. To show that confidence in your team, to have those four yep. things that have been, I wouldn't want to call them Achilles heel, but things that really this type of team, this type of style needs, we saw that. And what did it do? It won and it broke down that other team and they didn't have an answer. Yeah. And that and, was but, huge. You know, this team is, is supposedly built on the, on the lines, right? Like that's what they, that's where they've been recruiting 60% of their players from, right? Whatever the percentage is. But they, they, this has been, been, this team has been built on the offensive and defensive line. You still hearing me? Are we still going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. This team has been built on the lines. And, and you should be able to, and you should be confident in your offensive line to get you one yard when you need it, regardless of who's back there. You know, of course, you're confident in Aaron Jones to get your yard, no matter who's blocking for him. But Whoever's back there, you got to be confident in your offensive line. This is what you're. This is your bread and butter, man. You know, if you can't go up there and block and get one yard, then you you you're not a running team. Period. You know, but but I I love the confidence in going for it on fourth down in a key situation when the game was not over, oh. and you don't get that. And this is a completely different outcome. Well, it could be a completely different outcome. But what I loved even more than that was, and and I got to look back to it, but there were a couple plays, and I'm trying to find them here. But there was one at the end of the uh, at the end of the third quarter. I know that for a fact. 
where I can't I can't remember the exact situation, but we were backed I'll up and they, up. They, 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 they took a shot deep. They took a shot deep. I, that was after the oh let me let me I don't know if it was after a penalty or something. They took a shot deep. And then there was another, you know, just late, later in the fourth quarter, there were a couple times where they took shots. You know, they didn't get conservative and start trying to pound the ball, you know, and run out the clock. They didn't play. They played to win. They didn't exactly. play not to lose. Exactly. And, that's, and we haven't seen that from this team, this coaching staff, I don't know, ever since they've been here. You know, every time we've had a lead, it seems like we've played just, just trying to protect, just, just, just get out of here with this win. And this time they just said, let's just keep, let's just keep beating this team down. Let's just keep going for it. And it worked. You know, we drew a couple penalties on them. We had a couple nice completions, and, and it just moved the ball. It kept their defense on the field. And like we talked about, it wore them down. And, again, we haven't seen that type of confidence from this team. And it, what, what's most surprising is that it wasn't – you would never expect it. You know, after what we've seen, the beatdown that they took at FIU, I mean, you would have never expected this team to come back and play the way that they did. And it, it, it's refreshing, man, to see that because that's all we asked for. That If they would have lost to FAU, man, yeah, I would have been pissed. I'm always mad when the Miners lose. But we would have accepted it because they played well. They left it all out there. They were competitive, you know. That's all that we can ask for. And, and they did it, and it came out. And look at what happened, man. They came out on the winning end. And, and we, we went in on the coaching staff. You know, we basically had two weeks to go in on them. And, you know, we were hearing all these good – you're basically saying what, what, what you need to say. You know, we're going to work on these certain things, identify it. But they really did it. And, and that's what, when, when, my, when I keep saying that I think Sean Cougar is the right guy for this job, that's why, you know, Sean Cougar is the man where he's going to fault his mistakes. And you've got to give this coaching staff credit for, for putting the trust in their players to go out and win the game and not, you know, like you said, not, this conservative nature has just gotten them curved up. You know, and, and I think that now with their backs against the wall, just like Cougar said, people on your back, whoever it could have been, um, you know, it, it just clicked. It just clicked. And not only that, but I think the confidence that they have in Leftwich is the difference. I, you know, we, we can talk about when we've talked about it, you know, the favoritism, whatever you want to call it. But there's confidence in that kid. And you see why. Yeah. You know, you see why. He's a gamer. Yeah, I mean, how many times did that kid just get nailed? I know, man. And he got up, and he went in the huddle, and he would make a play. I mean, yeah. that right there is big time. I mean, that that if that don't get – I mean, it doesn't matter how short the guy is, how inept he was the first game. If that don't give you an ounce of respect for that kid, you know, there, there's not a, a positive thing in your heart. Yeah. I mean, that was huge. And that was very, very encouraging to see. But – like you said, will this continue? Because the season's not over yet. You have a chance next week against, you know, maybe not a big chance, but there is a chance if you play that style of football that we saw last year. And that was the biggest thing to me is offensively, yes, it was great, but defensively we got back to the basics. We didn't have to blitz very much. We let the front four, I mean, Roy Robertson, Harrison, Sky Logan, oh, my God. They, I mean, I mean, of course, it's easy to come out there and, and look at the stat sheet and saw that they both were, I think they had like six tackles each, but man, I'm watching that run game in that second half. And it was either, it was either Roy with that first hit off the edge or Sky off the first hit off the middle and either of them were just, I mean, it, the twisting, the stunts that they were doing up front was huge. That was a big thing to me is we finally proved that even with this young defense that we don't have to blitz every time that these guys are getting it. Uh, you know, UTEP defense wrote a tremendous game thought write-up uh, on Sunday mentioning how, you know, not only did Nick Needham get that big interception, but he was covering guys the whole game. 
And he's played almost every snap this season. He's really just improved. Michael Lewis, you know, another young freshman. I mean, we're just seeing – you just see how it kind of trickles down, that confidence from the offense, and now you're seeing the defense make their adjustments. And, and not to mention the offensive line adjustments that they made as well. I mean, we were talking about the offensive line and how much – and what needed to be done. Well, they put in Darren Gatewood. Of course, Gatewood got hurt. You know, you hope that Derek Elmendorf, whatever he was struggling with, can, can go ahead and clean that up because they're going to need him. So it just – it really was just – it was a productive by way you can tell. It wasn't smoke being thrown out. It wasn't coaches speak in a sense, even though it was coaches speak. There was real, real self-checks going on from the players to the coaches, and you saw that come together. And that was huge at this point of the season. And, you know, for – a 60-minute period, you can't call UTEP the worst program in America. No doubt about it. And, and you know what? They're not the worst team in Conference USA, where, where as after that FIU loss, there was definitely an argument to be made yeah. for that. Strong and, argument. And, I mean, obviously you've got a pretty bad team in North Texas down there. But, you know, I, I actually – and we'll get into the conference, power, uh, the conference USA power rankings later on in the show, but I actually bumped UTEP up to number eight this week just to kind of give you a little preview because the way they played if they can and and it might be a homer for doing it because it's one game but the way they played if they can play that well the rest of the season they're a middle of the pack team in this league you know they're not a bottom feeder in this league and that's without your best your overall exactly and 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 that just shows that with your best player you're probably in the top five teams four teams maybe you know i don't know if they're at the level of of a of a western kentucky or marshall or la tech but you're in that you're in that conversation with the Rices and the Southern Misses, you know. And I mean, I just again, great stuff. That just real quick, just to mention that that what I was talking about at the end of the third quarter, it was after the penalty on um, <clears throat> you had pass interfer- or the exactly, the passer. You know, you you had a first down run, and and the miners. It was only forty seconds left in the third quarter, and they could have just run another you know run play, hand it off, and get to the fourth quarter. Right? No, they took a shot down the field to Autry Golden. And and got drew the pass interference call, and then not only that, on first down they could have run it again and run out the clock. They took another was shot that to play, that was play action, wasn't and it? I think that second one was play action on a first down, which is beautiful. It's beautiful because the defense is expecting you to run the football. You're staying aggressive, throwing it. It keeps them on their heels. It keeps them out of the box. It keeps it keeps your offense in balance, and you're able to do different things, man. It was I I just love the play call. I'm like, where did this? Where did this play calling come from, and where has it been? I mean, it's just it started from the first play of the game. That that was, I mean, it, it, you always kind of when you talk about play action, it's always the run sets up the play action. But in UTEP's case of how one dimensional they've been, the play action opened up everything. Not just the run game; it opened up everything and helped the offensive line get more confidence. I mean, it was just very full circle, and you know. Like we're saying, it's not really, you know, the expectations from the FIU loss to now haven't really changed for me. Like you said, it's not a guarantee that, you know, that there is a bowl chance still. But you just get the sense that there's so many similarities to last year in just one game. You know, this team got so much better as the season went on last year. Now, the start wasn't as bad as this one. We did we were able to pull out some, some pretty co- confident wins, some pretty – you know, ooh, did he boot that? Yeah. And that's that insider? That that's could the insider. Be. That's gone. He's done. For sure. That's the insider. Oh, that's a momentum change. That's gotta be an error though, man. Yeah. You have both the left fielder and the center fielder out there. Of course but, we're watching the World Series game right now for y'all. 
that are tuned in. I'm sure y'all are too. But but uh, you know, I'm I'm not saying that that this win is is gonna just pave that glory road. Yeah. But you're seeing what Cougar wants to have in this program, bouncing back from adversity, week to week improvement. And really, at this point, that's all you can ask for because and you're going in the next week, and next week is a another thing, time. man. Another thing for me is that it shows again that we have players, man. Yeah. We have athletes. On both sides it's, of the ball. This is not just Aaron Jones. And that's what pisses me off so much about how the, the coaches ran the offense and ran this team for the, the first part of the season and for the last two years. It's not just Aaron Jones. Don't get me wrong. Aaron Jones is a stud, man. The guy's going to be in the NFL one day, in my opinion. But it does not always have to be about him. You've got guys out there. Use them. And, and, and again, I'll go back to that argument I had a, a couple weeks ago on Twitter with the guy, the guy I won't name. But – he kept on making the comments of how, you know, UTEP can't recruit to El Paso and nobody wants to come play in El Paso and all this bullshit, man. And I'm like, look, you know what? Maybe you are going to have trouble recruiting, but that doesn't mean that people don't want to play here. There are plenty, plenty of guys that are willing to come play Division One football in a great city like El Paso at a great university like UTEP that has a beautiful campus. Plenty. And, and, and so that argument that we can't recruit and it's so tough is bullshit. It's, it's an excuse for a lack of success. And and what we saw on Saturday, it might not be, you know, oh, you know, blow it out of the water and, and lighting the scoreboard up, but it showed we have guys that can play this game at this level and make plays, man. And, and so it, it's just, again, it, it's, it's refreshing. It's exciting. I'm not ready to go out and say, oh, man, we're on the run. We're going to start, you know, heading towards a bowl game. But look, your season is still alive now. You know, if you would have fallen to two and five and now you're pretty much done, but at three and four, you still got some possibilities. And again, it's just great to see them playing competitive football. That's all we want to see out of this team. No doubt about it. Question off the Twitter feed from D UTEP Miner. Hey, you forgot an L. You said the UTEP Miner. The Lutep. That's it. Uh, it sounded like UTEP. Ah, Lutep, you know who you are, bro. But uh, this is a good question. Was Mac left with the was Mac left with the difference in the offense or was it play calling? I'm gonna say it's a mixture of both. I think play calling may take the bigger edge on that, but I think Mac left, which we've we've all heard about Gareth. We've heard about his uh his four A state titles and his you know, his ability to you know, to win ball games and be that type of gamer. I think we're seeing that, you know, that that was, you know, it was a mixture of both. You know, when you get good coaching and you get a good player, that's what you get. And I think it was just a really good mix and kind of a, a combustible component with both of those coming together mixed with some, I mean, Tyler Batson is starting to become a stud. We talked about Jaquan White. We talked about Cole Freitag. Warren Reddick was consistent, had five catches. He's going to be a nice slot receiver. So I think it was just the offense as a whole. And Matt Leftwich was really a field general out there. I mean, he really was. I mean, this guy was just getting guys to the line, you know, like I said, getting hit, getting back up. I mean, it was just real fun to watch that kid play football for the first time. You know, I I was a big doubter of Matt Leftwich. Yeah. It really was. Yeah, I, but I'm that not... really, really, really proved that, you know what, this is what they saw in him. Yep. This is what the coaches saw in him, and they put trust. So maybe going back to the question, maybe not play calling, but more so trust, play calling, and then the math leftwich factor. We're starting to see this kid dig his feet in, and if he can continue that, I mean, this team can. It, there's manageable games on this on the schedule where yeah. five wins is not, you know, out of the question. For uh, this six, team. six wins is not out of the question. You know, you definitely have put yourself 
in a tough spot where like that UTSA game was a big one if you wanted to get to ball eligibility, you know? Yeah. That was a big one. You know, you you pick up that one and now you're in the driver's seat at four and three. But, you know, you've got a couple winnable games um, talking about obviously, obviously the North Texas game. And uh, the other one would be, I guess, what, ODU, at, even though it's on the road. But, you know, that's a winnable game. They got smashed by FIU. They got so. smashed. So we're in the same boat with them. But, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, you got you got a couple games that, even though they're on the road, you if you play like you did this weekend, you're going to give yourself an opportunity to win the game. You have some balls bounce your way. You make a play or two here and there. You win that game, you know. And you, now you have five wins with those two. And then you got to pick up one of USM, Rice, Tech, which none of those are going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I would venture to say Rice could be a game that we could hang in because they haven't been playing that well. Yeah. And, and this isn't the Rice that has been dominating UTEP for years. But, you know, either way, that the, the conversation of getting to how many wins we're going to get to is is just it, – We'll it, save it, that it's for after it's sure. it's yeah. two we weeks. Got, we got to see this team play the way they did last weekend for another two, three weeks before we start considering how many wins we're going to get to. But, you know, I mean, there's just uh, – as far as Lutep's question, talking about the, the play calling or, or, or Mac left, which, I, I, again, like I started off the show talking about, man, I got to give that guy so much credit. And when we talked about the way he was taking hits, man, like that would not – some of those hits would knock out guys that are 6'4", 240, yeah. you know? Much as a guy, much as a guy that's 5'9", or whatever – Five, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I think he's listed at five ten, but you know, five seven, five eight, credit. whatever he is. You know, it, it's just it's it's crazy. The guy played extremely well. Obviously, he was enabled by the play calling and the team. Like I'm saying, the attitude, the spirit of the team, the energy level is just lifted when you. That's like that's that that's why that was my one question. That I texted you know, ask the guys. Was it just more fun to Their play? Their faces lit up. That's when what I I'm saying. Them. That's what I'm saying. It's like. You just that's that's what these these guys have done for years, man. Nope. Since they were kids, they've just gone out there and played football. And then it brought into the situation where the coaches are just like real stubborn, just trying to shove that square peg into the round hole. Just like you know, we're gonna run it, we're gonna run it, we're gonna run it. And it it, it brings the energy level of the team down. And when you just when you're just all right, go out there and do what you do. It, everybody's having fun, and that's when you win football games, man. And it definitely was a combination of the two, but I got to give Mac Leftwich so much credit for the level of play that, that he had on, on Saturday night, man. Boy, was balling. Dame Digital hits us up for Reminder Russ contributor listening to the podcast with a real good question. Does the, the Big 12 SEC non-conference scheduling help or hurt the minors? I'm going to look at this in two Depends on how you're looking at it. You know? I, I, think, I think at the beginning of the year with you know, with confidence it does, but now you're starting to see where, you know, you have six, you have what, two games of bad game film to show these guys during a game, uh, during a game or a bye week. And, you know, you're able to to create something of a game plan that we saw. And I think that can hold true for any P5 or any group of five team. You know, you've seen it. You can even go to UTSA, um, you know, even Rice, the team that's played a daunting Pre, uh, pre-conference schedule for the past couple of years. So I think in the long run, I think maybe early in the year, it may hurt from a confidence standpoint, but you get that film, you get that repetition, you get that in the back of your mind in this type of year, especially in a year where UTEP was on the fringe this week of, well, is he going to go to shit? Or are we going to at least give ourselves a chance to fight week to week? So I think it's kind of twofold in that. And every team is different, but I think with UTEP, I think at this point of the year, it's helped, especially with the secondary, Michael Lewis, Kalon Beverly, all those young guys in the secondary. I think it has benefited from a big time standpoint, not only that, but the offensive line, because they're able to adjust, able to see 
how we were not able to hang with some of those teams, making those small adjustments against these smaller teams, these teams that you can kind of push around, not, you know, consistently, but push around on certain drives. We saw that talk about that seven minute drive. So I think for this particular season, I think it will help in the next couple of games, especially next week against us. You know, and I look at it from a different perspective because I think that UTEP is not in a situation. The football program is not at a level where they're able to schedule multiple power five teams in a single season and play competitively and, and be able to, to, I mean, you think about it, you've only got so many games in a college football season, and you need to win six of them to have yeah. a chance to go to a bowl game. And in Conference USA, the way that the, the, the bowl thing, you know, the bowl scenario is shaped out, we've lost a couple of bowls since we shifted, and now we have more teams and less bowls, you know. So you, if you're at six and six, I think last year one or two of them got left out of no bowl Tennessee. games. So, so you've got seven is a guarantee pretty much, but six is, is just to get into you're the pushing. conversation. And so when you when – you, schedule two teams like that even though coming in we were all homers thinking we had a shot against texas tech you know and that we were going to beat them and whatever but you know you 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 take two losses there and even though yeah you do gain experience and it helps your team in that sense it hurts you because you're behind the a ball now because now not only you don't have to go six and six now you know and i don't mean to to, you know want to be mediocre or anything like that you know put that out there but now you you have to go six and four now yeah instead of having to win 50 percent of your games now it's bumped up to 60 percent of your game just to get into the conversation to make a bowl game so i think it hurts you in that sense and i know that that the scheduling was made this way for a number of reasons one you know with with i guess what happened when uh who was it colorado state back then yeah. no we back to get paid by by kansas, by kansas state. state yeah so that happened i that think that's true up this year and and they just all, you know, mess things up. And that's why we only have the five home games this year. But, you know, I think UTEP's in a position where we need to schedule. You know, I would have liked to have seen New Mexico instead of Texas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm cool with going to Arkansas. I wouldn't mind going on the road again to go play New Mexico. Yeah, exactly. You know? you know, and I'm cool with Arkansas. Like, hey, great. You know, we got out there, SEC country. We're getting some experience for the rest Didn't of the year. Didn't get embarrassed too, too bad. Exactly. So now let's go out and let's play, let's play uh, you know, New Mexico. Now let's, let's really – get in there, get physical with another team that we can really compete against, maybe pick up a win on the road. And now we come back home one and one, and now we got a couple of other games, New Mexico State and, and uh, Incarnate Word, that we can win. And all of a sudden, we're three and one. You know what I'm saying? So it hurts. To me, it hurt us this year more than it helped us. And I know that, that we need the money, and that's the main reason we're playing those games. But this year in particular, I think that it hurt us more than it helped us. And again, I just don't think this program is at the level yet where we need to be scheduling multiple power conference teams in a single season in five years if Google's here and the program's still doing well you know and and you know we're trying to get to that next level yeah that's when you schedule those teams so you can prove hey we that's can hang with these guys exactly, exactly Fresno State back in the day when they exactly. weren't scared to play anybody but at but this point I just think it hurt us more than it helped nah, so, I mean you're looking at it from a wins and loss perspective I was kind of looking at it from the you know where we're at now so yeah. that's good we got two sides of it damn good tech bro let's move on to this weekend I mean man this is we talked about it beginning of the year. I, you know, I talked about it, how fun this Southern Miss team is, is going to look. I don't know how fun they're going to look when my miners <laughs> get them on Saturday. But, I mean, this team is talented. And it's the same thing that we were talking about, the miners, how you start peaking at a certain – not really peaking, but you're getting better, getting better. Really improved, and, yeah. and this Southern Miss team is about that point to peak. I really, really believe that. I mean, Nick Mullins, you got to give this guy credit. I mean, he's had two rough years, you know, before – 
this season and even had to go through a damn quarterback battle to win the job this year. And, I mean, they're at the top of – you look at any statistical thing you want to look at, they're near the conference. I mean, it's just real impressive to see Todd Monken. And really, you know, we we had Jared Kalmus from, from Underdog Dynasty, right, for UTSA. Shout out to Jared. What's good, bro? Um, when he talked about how they built this team off of these P5 transfers and these JUCO guys, and, you know, that's their, that's how it's going to be Monken's MO. That's great. But, you know, that, that right there, that fact right there is going to be tough for the minors. With so many young guys, you know, what are you seeing out of this game, you know, from a UTEP perspective? What, what, I mean, what, what's your thoughts? What, what's what's got to go down? You just got to continue, you know, keep the game plan like you did against against uh, Florida, Florida Atlantic. You know, be unpredictable. You know, don't go out there and put yourself in a bad spot by letting them shut your run game down and now you're forced to throw and now they know you're forced to throw. You know what I mean? Just Keep them off balance. Keep them on their heels, just like you did with Florida Atlantic. Nobody knew what was coming next on Saturday. You know, nobody – there's been so many times with UTEP football it, it, under Sean Cougar that we've been uh, we've been able to call the play. We see the formation, and we just know what's going to yep. happen, you know? And that wasn't the case on Saturday night because we could have seen some of those formations, and then it's play action and it's taking a shot deep. And that's the kind of stuff and, – and Lutep brought up a point about – you know, was Mac just kind of throwing some some prayers up there at times? Maybe he was, man. Yeah. But you give yourself an Something opportunity. You give happen. yourself an opportunity, and it makes the defense respect it. Even if you're not completing it, it makes the defense say, hey, these guys are willing to throw the football. We have to guard that, you know. So I just think we got to stay balanced like we did. we got to take shots. we got to just be unpredictable, man. Just go out there, have fun, play football. But this is a team in Southern Miss that is – probably, if not the best, one of the best defenses in Conference USA. You know, they come in top 50 in total defense, top uh, 40 in passing defense. Their worst is their run defense, which obviously we haven't done great at anyway, but they're like 85th or something in run defense. Another top 50 in scoring defense in the nation we're talking about, obviously. So this is a team that, that has excelled defensively, and the, their their offense behind um, – I just went blank. The kid's name uh, – Mullins. Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, man. You talk about him completing better than 60% of his passes That's already. That's you all know, I need he, to know. He, he's got a QB rating of 150.7 right now, 21 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. So this is a team that's really balanced defensively, offensively. They, they can get it done on both sides of the football. And, and so, you know, we're already – I mean, we got the chip stacked against us right now. I mean, if I had to take a guess, this is this is a loss. You know, yeah. this, is, this is going down as a loss. Again, all I ask is play competitive, man. Leave it all out there. Give yourself an opportunity to win the game. You get a couple breaks your way, then, you know, we've got a chance to win this game. The one area, though, that we definitely, definitely, definitely need to take advantage, and we finally did it against Florida Atlantic, is turnovers, turnovers man. Yep. Turnovers. Yeah. If you win the turnover battle, you, you're, you're just, you know, you give yourself that leg up and you give yourself an opportunity to win the football game every time if you win that turnover battle. And and they're a turnover-prone team. I mean, th- this is a team that is really turn- – I mean, this is a team watching that UTSA game. If they didn't turn it over three or four times, whatever it is, they could have easily put up 60, easily. I mean, this is a team that shoots themselves in the foot with fumbles. Um, let's see what they have. They have 12 fumbles, nine of them lost. You look at the interception seven, so that's really not an issue. But twelve fumbles, I mean, that's that right there. You got to be opportunistic. Opportunistic. 
their opponents have only ter- have only fumbled eight times. They've lost five. So you see that comparison there. Um, Jalen Richard's a guy, a running back that's really, really scared of me. He got over 600 yards rushing already, 5.7 yard average, seven touchdowns. The number two guy, and the thing about both these guys is they're tremendous receivers out of the backfield. Ito Smith, the other running back, 29 receptions, 321 yards, 11.1. We've been struggling with that damn flare play, and I'm surprised – Florida Atlantic got into a third down, and I want to say it was about third and eight, third and nine in the first half. Seems like they watched film against UTEP because they did that, that that little swing pass, got 11 yards, didn't go to it again. And that has been that Achilles heel. And you got two running backs that can do that. That's a big, you know, a big issue for me. Not only that, but their receivers. Casey Martin, he's like a little Wes Welker, mini-me type of guy. Really, really quick, really shifty. 49 catches. He has 13 more catches. He's leading their – he's basically their leading receiver – when it comes to catches, and this is a guy that they're going to look for. Michael Thomas is another guy that I saw just go off and just torch UTSA. He's averaging 18.1 yards per carry, six touchdowns. That's really the only game that I've watched closely was that UTSA game. I watched a little bit of the Mississippi State game. But, I mean, this offense is just so multi-talented. And not to mention the defense. They have one of the better defensive backs in the league. Uh, and uh, Kalon Reed, he's got a fumble recovery. Uh, he's got three interceptions, 25 yards, poor interception return. I mean, this is a dynamic team sort of what we were used to seeing out of Southern Miss when Southern Miss was Southern Miss before 2009. They're really, they kind of resemble that of me, just physical, the big athletes up front. Um, you know, they're, they're rolling right now. Three, yeah. three wins in a row. I mean, like you said, the big thing is going to be turnovers. If we can create some turnovers and flip some field position and make it easy on Matt Leftwich and, and make it easy on the offense and get some momentum to that defense as we saw how well they can play with that momentum when they're turning the ball over. And and, and you hit it right on the head. Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. Yep. And, and unfortunately, you know, this is a team that, you know, ranks 99th in turnover margin at minus 0.5. Nice. So, so you'd normally say, man, this is an opportunity for us. But at the same time, UTEP is like 10 spots behind at minus 0.8 or minus 0.8 and a half or something like that. So, you know, you're, it's just, it's, it's kind of a push in that, in that category there, but, um, what really stands out to me is just, and you touched on it a little bit, but it's just how many weapons, man. This, I always use the word balance, but it just it comes. They're balanced. Play. They're balanced and explosive it's at the same time. It just comes into play here, man. I mean, look at this. You got a guy. You got two running backs over 500 yards already. You've got uh, four wide receivers over 300 yards. Two over 500 yards. So I mean, you've the got averages are all over 10 yards. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean. Look at that. Look at the long. Look, 50, look 69, at, 50, 49, you got, 53. You got that's averages, averages on your receivers. I don't know which ones are tight ends by just looking at this. But Taylor Marini 18, is 18.1, 10.2, 15.4, 11.1, 9.9, 14.5, 20.3, 12.8, 11.8, 25, 12. You got like 10 players. The long, the long and more so This is a team, man. like you said, explosive, yep. going to look for that big play. And our young corners are going to be tested. Kalon Beverly is going to have his hands, full, his hands full out there. And, and, not only that, talking about the running backs out of the backfield, those little swing passes that we've struggled with, you know, the front seven is going to have their, their hands full. Look at the running backs, averaging 5.7 yards per carry, 6.9 yards per carry, 4.7 yards per carry, 7.3 yards per carry. I mean, everywhere you look, this team is just explosive on the offensive end. And it doesn't matter. You shut down one, they got three or four other options. So this defense is going to really have their hands full. And, and you just hope that they can come out. This is the type of game that you feel like, you know, on paper, just one team is better than the other, and you just don't belong in this game. But this is the type of game where a, a, a team that, sh- quote-unquote, shouldn't be in the game 
can come out and make a play early, come up with a turnover, pick six, something, and all of a sudden, you know, that momentum is shifted, that crowd is quieted, and now you're in the game. And, and you find yourself in a close game at halftime, and now the second half it's all about who can make more plays. And for what it's worth, UTEP's 2-0 and at the Rock. That's a tough place to play. <laughs> I mean, was, was it that triple? Was that trip? I, no, I think that was, yeah. No, that was, the, I think that may have been the year before. And then they played another, I mean, both those games, I think it was like a, a one-point game if you go back in the look. But, I mean, you're right. I mean, this is, you hope that this is a trap game. I, I was doing the, the Say What segment that we do on Minor Rush every week with the opposing coaches. And one of their media members asked about the trap game aspect. And you hope, you really hope, because UTEP, they have some sort of momentum. And, and you're probably People probably that's a homer, a homer comment. No, they had a good week, a good bye week, yeah. and a good week of practice. To me, as 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 a as a playing football before, that's momentum. Yeah. That that doesn't have to be what you see on TV or what you see on film. It's what you see in the meeting rooms, what you see on the practice rooms that we're not seeing where the momentum and the confidence in this club is is. Oh, wow. I don't want to say it's back per se, but it's there. Yeah. There, there, there. There is that fire, and that's huge. So. Uh, what is it? A twelve thirty start. Twelve thirty. Yeah. Twelve thirty start on the twelve thirty Eastern or twelve thirty Mountain. Actually, twelve thirty Mountain. Twelve thirty Mountain on the Fox College Sports. That's actually six oh eight. Channel six oh eight. If you're on the Direct TV world, uh, big big game there. I mean. All right. So so we've actually been doing pretty well in this football talk here, but let's start to wrap it up a little bit. But I want to know. Um, well, we, I guess we kind of already touched on Kings, but. Tell me, man, what do you think? What's going to happen? What, give me the outcome of this game. Give me the prediction. Uh, I think the Miners will be able to run the ball a little bit in the first half. I, I think that there's going to be some type of momentum-changing play, whether it's a turnover, whether it's something. But I think this team is going to fight. I just think that, like you said, that Southern Miss offense, we mentioned about how explosive they are. There's going to be – we can't make those mistakes that we're making against Florida yeah. and National. And I think that UTEP will come out. They may score early. But at the end of the day, I mean, we're still – struggling in some areas, and I think Southern Miss can put up 40. I think we'll be lucky to get 13 or 17 points if we don't make those mistakes. If, 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 if we can, if we lim- eliminate those mistakes, it'll be closer. But I just feel that this team isn't there yeah. yet no, where there'll be one of those mistakes, and we're going to be playing behind the eight ball for most of the day. I, I that's think, how I see it going. I think, like you talked about, momentum shifting plays early on. I think that's that's really where it's at. I, I think – I think whatever team is able to come away with that play, I'm, I don't know if that's going to be the winning team. Like, UTEP could – get that yeah. early turnover and still lose the game, you know. But but I think if if UTEP is, is out to a quick start with a turnover, a quick score, whatever it might be, and they gain that momentum, they gain that, that confidence early, I think it'll be a close game and we'll have an opportunity to win. I don't see us winning the game, but I think it'll be a good game. And, and you never know. If it bounces our way, then we get a win. But if it's Southern Miss that comes away with that early momentum change or that momentum shift or that turnover, whatever it might be, this could this could get ugly. And, I mean, I don't think – you know, I think this team is, is going to play well enough. They're going to fight enough to where it's not going to be another FIU, you know, but but it could turn out to be a 21-28 point loss. And that's – I mean, I guess – At that really point, if you it, by one or, I mean, if you lose by one or 50, right? And at that point, you know, you, just to end up the football talk, if it does go down that way, there's still an opportunity with Rice coming in on yeah, Friday, which will definitely. be – so, so either way, I mean, this is, I don't want to call this a throwaway game, no, but no. you know, it, there is that that you got to keep that in the back exactly. of your mind. If that should be, you don't want to look ahead, but as a coaching staff, you don't want a loss 
which could be a bad loss next week to fracture the whole what you built in the bye week. That's something that we've kind of seen from Sean Coogler at times. Yeah, right? and that's what I'm worried about away, more than anything. Just to kind of go into a game saying, oh, well, this isn't the one we're going to win, so let's just throw it away. And I'm not saying he's actually thinking about that, but that's kind of how it seems yeah. it seems from the outside looking in. But, you know, I think this is a game where you've got to maintain that momentum that you built with that win last week. And that doesn't necessarily mean coming up with the win, but it means continue to play well, continue to, to do things offensively, you know, to so where you're growing that playbook and you're, and you're you're growing as a team, being able to, to you know, I guess like I was, was saying with these, with these prayers, instead of prayers, you're actually completing balls. Yeah. You're actually connecting with your receivers. Your receivers are on the same page with your quarterback. It becomes you know? identity. It, exactly. It becomes, it becomes identity. your identity. You continue to build that identity. That's what you need to do. And if you do that, then this, this game will be a win, whether we actually score more points in that team or not. But, again, just competitive football, man. That's all we ask for. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 1.30 p.m. on the Fox College Sports Network. Miners and Southern Miss. So let's move on to the Conference USA Power Rankings. A little surprised that Marshall got a first place vote. Obviously, we all know we probably read it already. Western Kentucky checks in 195 points, 14 first place votes. Played three very tough quarters against LSU, but a phantom targeting call team that just changed that whole ball game. Yeah, and, I mean... I don't mean to interrupt you, but are you good? We saw this coming, man. You know, we, we, we said this on the last close game early on. LSU was going to end up pulling away. The fact that, that that targeting call I thought was pretty weak. He led with his hands. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, it was kind of a push. But what do you do? You know? But They're that, an SEC country. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But I'm, I'm real surprised that Marshall got second place. Well, they checked in uh, with 175, 20 points behind Western Kentucky. But they did – pick up a place ball, not saying that they don't deserve that second spot at all, but I just thought maybe offensively, we, we've talked about how offensively they haven't been as explosive as they're they've been in the past. Consistently explosive, consi- yeah, but that defense is ridiculous, and that's, I think maybe whoever voted for them put them in that number one spot, but I mean, it's really going to set up, I, I can't wait for this last weekend of the conference season to see Western Kentucky's offense against Marshall's defense, that's going to I mean, be fun. They're just not that team that we were used to for four years under Raheem Cato. I mean, it's just time to admit that. Yeah. And and you're, you're talking about a team that could go out and score 50, 60 points on any given week with Raheem Cato. They're not that team anymore. They've got a much better defense now. And, and you know, their offense is still producing, but you're talking in the 30s now. So that's why you see closer games. That's why you see a 30 to, to 13 win over North Texas. The game was never really in doubt, but – you know, a team like North Texas, even though they're at the bottom of the league, they were able to kind of keep the score respectable because uh, uh, Ole Miss, what the hell, dude? Marshall. Marshall, <laughs> goddamn. Can't even go with the name. Marshall is just not as explosive as they've been in the past. But I will say that this is a team that, look, I'm going to say it right now, they're going to beat Western Kentucky at the end of the They're going to beat Western Kentucky. And the reason I say that is because I have not – Western Kentucky win the big game yet. They beat Louisiana Tech. I'll give them that. But you talk about a game that they played against Illinois. They should have won it. You talk about the opener against Vanderbilt. Or they did win against Vanderbilt, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I guess I'll it was give them Illinois. That, but, it was Illinois. But it was the Illinois game, I guess, that I'm going off of. But I just haven't seen that killer instinct from them because that Illinois game really should have been a win for them. An easy you win, know? right? And they, they were up – I think they were up 10 or 14 points in that game. But – and then Brandon Dowdy uh, tossed a few interceptions, and that really changed things. But either way, I just think I think Marshall is starting to play very, very consistent defensive football. And and 
And we've seen at times Western Kentucky start to get shut down a little bit. You know, they 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 did it against uh, Illinois where they they started off real hot early. But if you look at the second half of that game, they probably only scored seven or fourteen points. So this is a team that that I don't know. They they it's kind of it, it goes in spurts with their offense. You know, and when when they play lower opponents, yeah, they can blow them out definitely. But when they're playing, but when they're playing good, team. yeah, exactly. When they're playing a good defense, they they find it a lot harder to continually score points. And and I just don't think, I don't know, man. I'm just calling it right now. I just think I just have a feeling Marshall just been playing very consistent defensive football and they're the reigning champs, man. So I, I'll I, give it to them. I, I mean, I don't I think I, I think they're number two right now. I'm not saying that they're better than Western Kentucky at this point, but I do think it's going to come down to that last game of the season, and I think Marshall's going to pull it out. Damn good points, man. I, I just can't wait for that one. Number three, the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, five and three. Man, they just shitted all over my Middle Tennessee State yeah, Raiders last your dark week. Dark horses, uh, my dark horse is, is yeah, my dark horse is back in the stable. <laughs> uh, a huge, huge game in the Conference USA West race with Rice next week. Uh, Rice is down to number five. We'll just talk about both. We'll just talk about both of them right here. I mean, this game is going to shape up, and and, and there's not going to be more people watching than in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, to see how this game plays out because. This is a momentum game for either team. I think if Louisiana Tech wins this game, I talked about Louisiana Tech getting on that roll uh, earlier in the year. I think this is one of those games. Same thing with Rice. I mean, Rice can really get on a roll with this game. Something's got to give. Louisiana Tech has, to me, turned that corner when they blew out Middle Tennessee State. I thought this would be a battle. I thought this would be one of the better games that we've seen in the Conference USA schedule, but they just blew them out of the water. And that's really impressive to see. That's a talented ball club, and I mentioned it. They could possibly get on a roll. I don't know about now, but they can get on a roll and look like a top 25 team by the time they roll in the fumble later in November. Yeah, definitely. No doubt about it. But um, we're still seeing this, like, this tiered, you know, everybody's tiered in conference, yeah. USA. Big you time. really got your top two, and then you got your next – I almost am I'm starting to kind of slide Rice yeah. out of that. Of you that can put top, them in you know this I mean? week, but yeah, yeah. But it, it's time for them to kind of show that they're either they either belong there or they don't. We'll put them there this week, but th- this will be the week that's going to tell you right. But, man. but yeah, I mean, huge game with La Tech this weekend. But FIU comes in at number six. They're at four and four now on the season after a big forty-one and twelve whooping of, of Old Dominion. So that team is playing. I mean, I, I don't know if it was just the UTEP win or what, but that team's starting to play some, some good football. And they should roll FAU next week. I think that yeah, with their should. defense, they should. Yeah, they should. Be able to show them Middle Tennessee comes in at number seven. Old Dominion, a little bit of a surprise to me at number eight, three and four, one and two. Big loss to uh, La Tech last week. But you know what? I mean, I can't really complain because once you pass those top seven teams, I mean, you can put, in, yeah, you, you can put them in, in really any order. Number nine, um, here's some, you know, look. I'm going to call the upset. I think North Texas pulls this one out. They may. They may. But let me tell you something, man. We gave UTSA a lot more respect than they deserve. I've, I've, I've been a UTSA hater. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, I, I mean, not that I really hate them, but you know what I mean? Like, I give them a lot of shit, but they only beat UTEP. And really, UTEP beat themselves. Yeah. Like, they scored 26 points on us, and we gave them, like, five turnovers. And we were in that game in the and fourth quarter. And we were quarter. in that game in the fourth <laughs> quarter. We played horrible. We gave them – Two pick sixes. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, and not only that, but they played like shit against Southern. They, they've they're not a good team, no. man. They're not a good team. They're one and six with their only win coming against UTEP when we played probably the – I mean, I can't say the worst because we probably did one up that against FIU, but we played a terrible football game through, through four interceptions, five total turnovers. Um, you know, you had two pick sixes. 
It's just, you know, you gave them the game, and it was still a game in the fourth quarter. So, again, UTSA, I think, has been given a little more respect than they deserve. And and I uh, two weeks ago, I kind of, you know, I understood yeah. it because they had played a tough opening schedule. But now it's like, all right, bro, you, you, you played your tough opening schedule. I was about to get politi- you know, political on this and, and, <laughs> and talk about how, how Obama's blamed Bush, but no, we won't go there too much. <laughs> but, but UTSA are like, oh, well, we played a tough schedule early on, you know, that's why. But now you're you're one of six, man. You're, and you're down to a walk on quarterback. Yeah, so so I just think, you know, at number nine, that's probably a little generous for UTSA. I put them as eleven because if you can't protect yeah. your quarterback, yeah. and I just saw that. I mean, they look horrible against Southern Miss. I mean, there's if UTEP looks horrible against Southern Miss, I'm gonna give them the same treatment. But I mean, that was just that, yeah. that was bad. Okay. And, and, and I've been, I dude, last week or the week before, whenever it was, I was well impressed with we, their defense. No, 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 but not just that. You know, t- I'm talking about UTEP. There's been a lot of, of, you know, at times people, you know, call us out for being kind of homers and oh, UTEP doesn't belong here or there. But the truth is, when we play terrible, I want to put them at 13 if. North Texas wasn't so bad. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like, I had them down there at 11 or 12 just because the, the other team was just worse. But, but the truth is, UTEP is not three and four. And, and so I think they definitely deserve to be ahead of a team like I UTSA, so. even though even though they give that win away. And, and They've shown more know, signs of yeah, life than exactly. UTSA, way so, more. Even a team like Charlotte, even, you know, you can't really throw FFA, but Charlotte – Old Dominion has yeah. shown more life than the team Agreed. by UTSA. So, no, Agreed. I definitely agree with you. But UTEP that, comes in at number 10. I had them at 8, like I mentioned yeah, earlier on in the show. But they're 3 and 4. Obviously, you got Southern Miss this week. We talked enough about them. FAU comes in at number 11. They dropped to 1 and 6 this week after the loss to UTEP. And they got FIU this week. Could be looking at 1 and 7. Charlotte, number 12. North Texas, number 13. Um, battle of the bottom down there for North Texas and UTSA. And if UTSA doesn't be careful, man, if they don't watch out, they might find themselves at number 13 next week. I think that's just a perfect storm, you know, for UTSA or for North Texas to get their first win. You know, it's supposed to be raining up there. I was I was looking at the forecast for some of these games. So, I mean, that, that could be a really good game for somebody. And that could be a really horrible game for somebody else. So, another interesting week. But that Rice – that rice game, man, that's huge. And who do we have on the line? We got a color on. Look at this. Four hundred five. Four hundred five. Look at this. Let's talk to him. What's going on, man? Who are we talking to? Picks up, gentlemen from Oklahoma. Picks up, baby. Picks up. What's going on? What do you want to talk about? Hey, hey, guys. Want to talk about the the games this past weekend? Give my uh, two cents. Do it, do it, man. Yeah, man. I think uh, they may have found the identity they've been looking for. Yep. I, I can't say for sure what the coaches were thinking, what they were doing. You know, all of us were thinking, what's going on? You know, what, what, are, what, are, what are they trying to do? But I think they, they may have finally figured out. I think this bye week is what they needed. I think I, I, everybody's uh, thinking the same thing you guys are. Well, why did, was all your, uh, your chips with Aaron Jones? So hopefully they got it figured out. I'm thinking that uh, with the game this past Saturday, the way they looked, they do have a chance against Southern Miss. It's just going to depend on, I believe, uh, the O-line. That's what it's going to come down to, and turnovers. That's how I feel. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that – well, first of all, I agree with you on turnovers in the offensive line. As far as the identity goes, you know, what, what I, I don't want to go as far as to say that we've found our identity, but I think we're finding it. You know, it's one game, so we got to just kind of hit the brakes just a little bit and say – Let's see another game like this. You know, let's see them play like this for one more week. And then we can start to say, all right, now we found what we need to do. Now, 
what what kills me as a UTEP fan, I mean, I'm a diehard man. I, I bleed orange and blue. I have for my entire life. But what kills me is to see this team struggle the way they did against an FIU, against, you know, even UTSA. UTSA. It just that, that kind of stuff just kills me. And what I don't understand is why it took so long for them to try different things, for them to try to find that identity in the passing game. I mean, is it that they needed Mac left, which I don't know. I mean, I feel like we talked plenty about Garrett Simpson, but, you know, I feel like they had opportunities to try these things earlier on in the season and they just didn't, they were stubborn and I, and I, I don't understand it, but I do agree with you. We're starting to find our identity and, and hopefully that gives us an opportunity to win this game at Southern Miss. Well, yeah, that, that's, I think seems to be the consensus with all those fans is why did it take so long? What were they thinking? What were they doing? Maybe there was something going on in Tromi, maybe not, but it looks like they've figured it out, and I really hope they have. <laughs> and I think they it's, 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 if, like if I mentioned earlier play, about the confidence in Mac Leftwich, you know, he's, yeah, yeah. he's the, the unquote coach's son. You know, he was the first recruit that was offered by Cougar, and I think you're seeing an identity of confidence in him to go out there and execute any type of game plan, no matter what it is. And you're seeing yeah. them go on a limb and – knowing that they got to start winning games. So you draw that and you hope the kids go out there and execute it and you have confidence in it. And I think that's a big, you know, there's been so much uncertainty at quarterback once left went out. You know, you saw Mets do his thing against two lower tier defenses and now he just looked completely lost against respectable defenses. So I think that the, the confidence in left, which is a huge identity forward, And I hope that's something that we talk about for the next three years, not just this year, but for the next two to three years with Leftwich under center. I just really hope that that becomes, with Aaron Jones coming back next year, this opens things up like we mentioned early on, man. So appreciate the call all the way from Oklahoma. I think that's Adam Sanchez, a loyal Facebook fan of ours. So appreciate the call, man. Oh, minor rusher, loyal Facebook, loyal Twitter, loyal everything, man. But, yeah, I mean, again, I think we just got to pump the brakes just a tad, a bit, just yeah. a tad. Definitely, you know, definitely. I'm excited too. I, I'm glad to see this, but I just want to see them continue to play before I start to, you know, get excited about the prospects of this season and the identity of this football team. You know what I mean? I don't want to start getting all hot and heavy about, oh my God, UTEP football's back and we're gonna have a chance at a bowl game. Let's wait. Let's just let's go wait until after that Rice game, and that's where we'll see. You know, I'll wait after this game, even if it's not a win. Like I said a minute ago, even if it's not a win, you just want to see that. <laughs> if we want, to, we want to see them continue to play the way that they have, continue to have that same confidence, play with that same confidence, call plays with that same confidence, and and that'll show a lot going. Through. No doubt about it. So good call, though, man. Appreciate it. Anybody else want to call in? Y'all know the number, 347-934-0951. Talk about whatever you want. But I think that pretty much wraps up football, man. And I'll tell you one thing. Let me let me announce this. Let me just say this right here. Do it. Basketball season is here. And, and you know, granted, we have a little bit of life now in the, in the football team. But, God damn, it just feels good, man. Like, it just feels so so good. I didn't get a chance to make it out to the scrimmage. I was working, but you were there. I'm texting you. You know, I'm watching Twitter and so on. So tell us what you saw, man. Well, first of all, I was on a conference call with the Tim Floyd today and uh, some good news on the injury front. Um, he mentioned that Josh McSwiggin practiced yesterday and that he, he probably won't uh, play in the exhibition this weekend, but he's real close. So that's that's a good news on the injury front. Uh, Matt Wilms, for those of you wondering, I think Matt Wilms was out of town. Uh, I don't know if he uh, 
I don't know what the situation was. He went home, but he went home, so that's why he wasn't on the probably bench. A lot of people were asking. Yeah, he wouldn't have played play. anyway, but, you know, I know people were saying, where was Matt? Um, so that was the situation. But, I mean, man, it, it was – there was a lot of good and a lot of bad, which, you know, sometimes you want to see. You know, you want to see both sides. You want to see your weaknesses. You want to see your strength. But, I mean, the guard tandem of Dominic Artis, Lee Moore – Urban Morris and Omega Harris, once he gets there, is going to be pretty special. I mean, that first off the bat, you know, you look at it, you look at both teams. You had Lee Moore, Dominic Artis on one team. You had Omega Harris, Urban Morris on the other team. That first half told the whole story. play. You know, you have Dominic Artis, seven assists, zero points. His team shoots 50%. They have a big lead at halftime. Omega, Irvin on the other side, they're more – I don't want to call them unselfish players, but, you know, they're more of, of, you know, they grab their own shots. They don't really need a guy like Dominic Artis to, to facilitate to them. That right there, that mixture right there is going to be special. No matter what lineup it is, whether you go for I mean, you can really go four guards with this lineup. But, I mean, that right there was just a big, big thing that jumped out at me. Second thing was a three-point shooting. I mean, this team can shoot. Now, I'm not going to say we're going to come out there each game and shoot 40% and just bury teams. But when we need a three – the past couple of years when we need that three-point shot to kind of lift us, you know, get us out of that offensive rut, it's there. It's, it's going to be there from a whole bunch of areas. Uh, negatives, physicality. I mean, that was a big, big deal that I saw. You see a guy like Paul Thomas get pushed around. Yeah, Hooper Vink got 30 and 15. He should have had 40 and 12. He got pushed around a lot. But overall, I mean, I think this team is going to be all right. I think with Dominic Artis, Lee Moore is better than I thought. You know, yeah. Lee Moore is way better than I thought. Let me say that. You know, we had Kendall Weeman on here last week talking about that Dominic – or that Lee Moore could be the second best player on the team. He's not lying. I mean, that kid, he, everything was just so smooth so easy. I even saw a couple people talking about man amongst boys type of deal. And he's not even that, he's not even that big of a a physical specimen, but I mean, it it was just really good to finally see basketball and to see part of everything we've been writing about what we've been talking about with this recruiting class, with this team, seeing it sort of develop in these early stages, that early conference schedule is going to be fun. We're going to see, open offense, and they didn't even run that many set plays. They were running the basic horns and their basic set plays. This was mostly just dominant artists creating. And I think that's why maybe you saw, you know, the white team kind of struggle with Omega because there wasn't very many offensive structure. Like like, like we said, they're going to let their horses run. Yeah. And you saw that, but it looked so controlled. It wasn't out of – it wasn't helter-skelter. It wasn't too many turnovers. It wasn't anything that was just, you know, bad basketball. This team with dominant art at the helm is going to look so much different. We talked about those. We've been talking about it, how different this team is going to look. I mean, dominant artists out there just schooling fools. The one thing, <laughs> you know, I can't talk too much about it because obviously I didn't go to the game, so I can't say too much. But just following it and, and you know, talking to you about it, the only thing and the thing that I told you was it kind of like I'm saying about the football, how we got to kind of pump the brakes. Definitely just want to see this team do it against another yeah. another team. You not know what themselves. I mean? Not <laughs> themselves. Because it, it's not – look, It's it, it'd be one thing if we could just say, oh, it's because it's all the fact that we're great on offense. You know, it's all the fact that Dominic Artis is that good. And he might be. But what I'm saying is 
we're not sure right now. Is it our defense being that bad and just getting, you know, Swiss cheese right there? Could be. We'll get or, to that. Or, or is it our offense being that good? So, you know, but either way, you know, to see – to see when I looked at the score, the stat sheet, I was, I even texted you. I'm like, what? Like thirty and fifteen and thirty and I think Moore had whatever thirty and whatever Seven he had. Boards. And then obviously Artis had his twenty three and twelve or fifteen. I don't know whatever. Twenty and thirteen. But you know, it's just like, what? Like you know what I mean? It was shocking. Now, I will say one thing: we did see a similar performance. Not to that extent, but last year from Hooper event, we saw something very similar in the exhibition. It was, like, yeah. it was like another 25 and 10 type deal. And not, I'm not trying to knock on Hooper, but, you, no, know, you we know, it didn't really pan out like that during the season. So, you know. If we're going to pump brakes on anything, yeah. it is Hooper's performance. Yeah. And even today on the conference call, Tim Floyd said that. So don't don't feel bad. Don't feel like you're throwing Hooper on the bus because Tim Floyd talked about it today. You know, P- Pete Gillen, the, the uh, CBS um, – Analyst, you you know who Pete Gillen yeah, is. He, 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 he asked him about that. And, and, and Floyd said it. He Floyd almost, I have the damn recording. It almost sounds like you because he brought up the last year where Hooper went off. Yeah. You know, it, it, so I think if we're going to pump our brakes on one thing, it is Hooper. Because, like I mentioned, he really could have had 40 and 20 easily. But he missed four or five easily. I mean, he was like 12 or 25 from the field. You know, so it wasn't that jaw-dropping 30 and 15 performance but it was encouraging because he was the tallest player on the on the floor he was the biggest or the most space taker up or yeah. what you want to say you know what I mean I don't know how you describe that but you know he, he was getting he was able to do what he was able to do because for one I just really think defense is going to be a big issue like you mentioned I think we're going to see lots of zone we're going to see a lot of I think everything unlike last year where it was like you don't want them to get into the paint but we can afford you to get into the paint. Yeah. I think now everything's going to be played from that three-point line. Up. The toughest defense we're going to see because there was a lot of easy layups, especially with the white team. Jake Flagger played decent defense, but he still was getting burned off the drive. You know, Trey Touche. Now, those are two guys we may not see exclusively. I think they're going to be more role players. Yeah. But you, you get what I'm trying to say where we're, we're having trouble guarding that dribble drive man-to-man. And I think we're going to see a lot of zone. You're going to see Floyd get into his mode where we're going to switch up. They're going to have to. Not only that, because we don't have a paint protector. You're only going to have a paint protector and Matt Wilms for four or five really minutes. Don't even know how much if, if, yeah, if don't that. Even know how much and even, like I said, Hooper, he's that big body, but he's not a rim protector. Now, let me say this of a guy that could be – his offensive game didn't translate, but I think he could be a defensive weapon, Project Jones. He understands, he understands how to use his length. That, to me, I'm not a coach. I've never coached basketball. I have more of a football, baseball background. But I think for basketball, to have a guy like that can be sneaky. To have him understand his length and understand what he is on the defensive side of the ball. Talking about 50-50 balls. Talking about backside blocks. Talking about just anticipation where he's playing himself short and the last minute explodes and throws the ball. Not only that, but Terry Wynn kind of did the same thing at 6-7. So, those are positive things that you can kind of build on on the defensive end, but perimeter defense is going to be—it's going to be a struggle. I didn't. Artis was going up against um, Trey Touchet most of the game, so I didn't really get to break down his defense that much. You know, he was so well on offense, nobody probably was even watching his defense. But that is going to be a key is defense, and I really think that pretty much this, this team is going to have to play their best defense. Like I said. From that baseline on the inbound on the other side up to the three-point line, that's where they're going to have to make their money this year. It's just, like you said, we're playing each other. 
when it, it will be exposed, I think it may even be exposed this weekend yeah. against, against Cameron. It might be, you know, that could be an issue. So, you know, a couple of th- what are things, you know, finally have a game, a, a almost a real, I think it's to me, it's a real game. I don't give a shit. The camera, the camera game <laughs> even though it's exhibition game, no, yeah, it, 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 to me, it's, it's kind of a real game. game. It is. So knowing all what you know and what we've talked about here and what you've read, you know, what, is defense going to be the bigger key than coming out and just blowing out Cameron by putting up 100 points and going on crowd? Is it, is it going to be those defensive principles of, you know, guarding the drive, help defense? There was some decent communication out there, but, I mean, is that really your concern for this game, this exhibition game coming in? Is just the no, defensive not, angle? not really. Not really. Not defensive. Um I don't know much about Cameron. I actually want to. I actually want to look them up to kind of see what we're. What I we're looked at them a little bit. They're, they have. They have some decent size. I haven't looked at stats. I was just looking at size yeah, and names, what I'm, that's and what I'm about. they have basically guys six six through six eight. You know, nobody too, um, you know, imposing or anything like that. But they seem like a fairly athletic team. They looking that's, at their team that's... picture. They seem like a uh, some really. They possibly could be fast. They, not, they could be one of those athletic teams. Like my see. my issues, even though we, I feel like this isn't going to be nearly as good a defensive team as we've had in the last years with Floyd. But the reason I I have confidence in the defense is because of Floyd, because he's a mastermind of defense, man. Like honestly, in my opinion, Floyd isn't the best coach in the world as far as the knows offensively. You know, he runs a lot of junk offenses too, if you want to call him yeah. that. But defensively, man, he, he's he's up there with just anybody in the game. You know what I mean? And and so he knows how to just kind of just dirty Make up you play a game. Left-handed. Yeah, just dirty up a game to where, you know, he'll find he'll find an advantage on the defensive end. You know what I mean? Like he'll put he'll put his team in that box and one or that triangle in two or, you know, two one two or one two two or two three. It don't matter to him. He'll he'll bust out everything. And that keeps offenses kind of in check because they just kind of every time they come down the floor they got to figure out what they're going up against and you got to start you know what offense we're running now and you know so I'm not too worried about the defense yeah we're going to have some issues at the rim if we're not able to guard at the three-point line guys are getting beat off the off the drive you know off the dribble drive and they are penetrating getting to the rim that is definitely going to be an issue but I don't think that's something that we can kind of get a true gauge of in this game. That's why I wanted to look at their at their roster to see what I mean, if we're talking about guys with size, we're talking about, you know, guys that are that are six ten, six eleven, whatever, that we would have to worry about at the rim, you know, dribble drive dish off to the big man, you know, but at six seven, six eight, I mean we should be able to hold our own in there no matter how good we are. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think offensively is really what I'm looking at. And again, it is a, it is a, a scrimmage exhibition. It is against a, a Cameron who's whatever, NAIA, I don't even know what they D2, are. D2, I think. Yeah, D2? I think they might be. Whatever it is. It, it should be a game where we should do well offensively, but I still want to see us excel offensively like we did in the game against ourselves. You know? I want I want to see that those things that we saw in Lean Moore in Dominic Artis, which I think we have the least doubt in those yeah. two, but you know, I want to see them continue to play that well. I want to see, uh, you know, uh, Hooper Vick continue to play like he did. I want to see uh, Irvin Morris. I want to see. I want to see all these guys continue to excel on the offensive end because I feel like this team may. I know that Deweese was talking about, oh no, you know, we're not going to be that Louisiana Tech type team, but I think they're going to end up realizing sooner rather than later that they're going to have to be that type yeah. of team because they don't have that length to sit back in a, in a you know, slow the game down, set up your defense and all that stuff. Nah, you're going to have to mess it up. You're going to have to pick it up. Get up have there, it. press teams. Just, yeah, just make it just, you know, 
I just think you're going to have to change your identity from what we've been. I mean, you still can be a defensive team, but it's just got to be in a different way. You've got to start pressing more and, and start kind of, you know, getting out and running, playing defense with your offense in a sense. You know what I mean? And and so I just – I want to see this offense. I want to see this offense continue to excel like we did. If you see a team score 100 points against themselves, you don't really say much. If we can score 100 against Cameron, I'll still – you know, it'll be a little more excitement for me. I'm not saying we're going to start scoring 100 points every game, but you'll see that this, was, this wasn't this was a fluke. Let's put it that way. And, and the big question was how would the freshmen – class react and it wasn't a great showing you know that um you know how about omega you know omega was omega would look real well I, you know you're gonna have you're gonna have to live with his erratic place but i mean he's so much smoother getting to i mean he's so explosive as it is but i think he realizes that there's that point when you're getting either there's a marker where you're hitting a block on on the lane where you're at a certain point to the basket where you got to slow down and, and either twerk your body or, you twerk know, whatever, whatever you want to call it. You know, I think he's learning those aspects of, of his game. And we saw it towards the, the end of the that's year. That's a hell of a visual right there, bro. <laughs> I had to get you thinking. But I, th- I thought Omega played. I mean, it's, it's almost disappointing because it's like, fuck, we ain't going to see that till December. Yeah. But, I mean, it was encouraging. I mean, the, the guy – He's gonna he's gonna get his points. I mean, there's no doubt about it. When he comes back, he's gonna be way more. He was so efficient. That was the big deal. Basically, all I want to say about Omega, he was so efficient. Just wish we could have had him this Saturday. Got a caller on the line, a nine one five number. I'm not gonna give out your phone number unless you want me to. But who's this? Hey, this is uh, Lutep. Lutep, man. man. I was waiting for this one, man. I was waiting for Lutep. I've been waiting for two years for him to call. What's going on, Lutep? No, I just wanted to comment about. I, I mean, I tweeted it earlier. I want the rotation. You know, they seem they seem to go pretty deep, and and we still haven't even seen Wilms and and McSwiggin. How deep do you yeah, think you uh, know, we're gonna? You know, talking about that, I think I think this is just um. I think it's kind of what we've seen in the last, pretty much every year since Floyd's been here. You know, we talked about this. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. One of the weeks ago when we asked him. You know, we kind of were like, you know, it it just seems like, man, we're going to have 10, 11, 12 guys that can play on this team, you know? And and when it comes down to it, it's really only going to be that seven, not seven, probably eight, nine guys that really settle into the rotation, get significant minutes because. Those are just your players, man. I mean, you're going to have guys that can come in and give you spell guys five minutes off the bench, seven minutes off the bench. But the guys that are really going to get significant minutes, the actual rotation, I think it'll it'll sort itself out. You'll see guys playing more early on because you're kind of still trying to figure out where you're at, what you exactly have. But I think as the, as the season progresses, you will see it turn into an eight- to nine-man rotation. And talking about Matt Williams, you know, I think you got to kind of take him out of the rotation right now. Because you don't know where he's at physically. You just don't know how that foot's doing. I know that they're, you know, they're really taking it easy with him. And and just talking to, to Coach DeWeese last week, it just he didn't seem too confident in how much he would be able to play. Nobody sounds Nobody confident. confident. And and we've kind of known that, you know, it's hard for big men to get over these types of injuries. But but I just think, you know, you take Williams out of the picture and now you're you're down a man in that rotation. So I definitely think we gotta kinda just take it easy with him and, and wait to see how much exactly he can play. But I do think as the season progresses, we will see it turn out to be more of an eight- to nine-man rotation, more than what we're seeing now, 10-11, guys. All right. Well, uh, my next question is uh, Floyd and, and DeWeese and even Cantu, they've hinted at four-man, four-guard lineups 
I want to know who, who do you guys think would play in those four guard lineups. I'll listen. I'll listen off the air on this. All right, man. Thanks for calling in. We'll be in touch, dude. And I mentioned this word. I think right now the most confident, and you know, obviously right now, right now, right now, right now, you right, can't now, right, have now it. Later, later. right now, right now, later, later, right now, right now, obviously right now, right now, right now, Saturday you can't have Omega Harris in in, in a four guard lineup. But I, mean, I, I, I think the most for the exhibition. No, um, no, I don't think. I think that's the actual considered the game because okay. I asked Floyd about the scrimmage and, but yeah, I, I wouldn't think so. But I think right now the the, the most ready four guard four guard lineup or. You're not only getting offense, but you're getting defense. You're getting IQ. You're getting pretty much experience. It's got to be the artist, Lee Moore, Omega Harris, and Urban Morris four guard lineup. Yeah. And Ford even talked about that today on 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 the on the teleconference. So you're gonna see that. You know, not maybe for more than a five minute stretch. Yeah. You may see it for two three minutes to to. You know, it, it could be any situation, really. I, just, I mean, it, I just, you know, I don't see it happening, man. Like, you know, I you might try, you might try it you, out. Yeah, you of course, you might course, try it out once, but in, in reality, you can't push Irvin Morris to the four, man. You just, you can't. He can't play that position. When you start to going up against not Cameron, but actual Division One teams, even in Conference USA, when you're talking about going up against bigs that are six nine, six ten, you know, power forwards. You just I don't think you can push Urban Morris to that. What I do think that you could see, quote-unquote, for guard in a sense, because we've seen uh, Terry Wynn be more of a swing man he than a, a big. Swing. He was a swing. You know what I mean? So since, since, since he, he started at the three. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. So since you have a guy like Terry Wynn that's more of a guard slash forward, more than a forward slash guard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, or however you want to look at it. But I just think uh, you're that right. you're could right. be that fourth quote-unquote guard, you know, move him that. to the four, and now you still got Irvin, Artis, and Lee Moore, or Omega, whoever that other, you know, those guards. I just, it's too small of a lineup to have Omega, Lee Moore, and Artis in there at the same time. 6'3", six, 6'3", three, six, three, six, three, and then six, But five. I, I think that's paper, though, right? I don't think yeah. I don't think all those guys are actually 6'3". Well, Omega 6'2", Omega 6'2", Artis is 6'3", Moore is 6'2", and a half. It's it's a lot to ask of four guards to really go out there and guard those one through four positions. So I do think you might see it. They might try it out. Now maybe maybe another team's playing small. You know maybe it's, yeah, maybe, it's gonna it, I guess maybe it's situational. Matchup. You know maybe maybe another team's playing small. Now you can play small against them. Maybe you can go four guards, but I just don't see that happening on a regular basis by yeah. any means. You know I don't think you can go out there and play against a, a team's normal lineup where you have a, a true power forward, a true center, and be able to play one through four, you know, guards against these guys, especially especially when you're talking about your five being a Hooper Vent or, you know, a Broderick Jones or, I mean, who are you going to put at the five in that's that exactly, in that situation? Exactly. I mean, Hooper Vent ain't the strongest guy we, as we've seen. So, you know, it, it, when, you, when you talk about going four guards, you're talking about going not just really small because of the guards, but really, really small because you don't have a true center. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I disagree to a point where, we will see it, but it like just like you're saying, it's not going to be very. I mean, we could see it for a two, three minute segment where it could, like I said, I mean, but that's thing in basketball terms. Where do you use four guards? Do you use it when you're behind, you know, and, and you need some and you need some points, or you know, what what, what is it? Is it that's tempo? Right. It's gotta be situational. Because, yeah, it's got to be a situational because Dominic Artist showed that he could play. That was another big thing with Artist is he showed so many tempos. You know, there was a segment where. It was it was a long rebound that came out to the, came out almost to mid court, but Artis slow he slowed it down and he, and, and he kind of understood that you know what the defense got back there's no there's no need to pressure it 
let's just set up, let, 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 you know, let Vint get back up there. Other times he just went and gone. He sees the lane. That's going to be a big thing where, you know, maybe you don't have to go to that four guards because Dominic Artis can control that tempo. But I think we will see that. We could even see that for a couple minutes on Saturday. You know, because like you said, that that's what you're. That's what you time, have. This is the time to try. Yeah, it out. exactly. This is the exactly. time. If you're going to do that kind of stuff, this is the time to try it out. But Lutep trying to get in a bonus question. He says, "Forgot to ask who you guys see in the starting five. Um, I'll leave that question to you, man, because you saw more of, of the game on Saturday, and you know, you know more of where the team's at right now. So I'll leave that to you. I think I think Saturday we'll, well see. Uh, we'll start this. We'll start it with this. Who do you see as a starting five Saturday? And then who do you see as, like, the actual starting five for the majority of this season? Like, who do you think is, is going to be the, the best starting five? I think right now, what we'll see Saturday, we'll see Dominic Artis at the point. You'll see you'll see basically a three-guard lineup. You'll see Artis. You'll see Moore. You'll see Urban Morris. You'll see Terry Wynn. And then you'll see Hooper Vint. I think that's what we'll see start on Friday. I think Terry Wynn, you know, proved that he could be that, like you said, that guard for the guy that's going to have to play the four probably stretch out some more. Um, why, let's just say a Washington State starting five, you know, throw, let's forget, let's forget, you know, the weaker, the weaker opponents. You got to go artists. You know what? Let's just, let's go a little further. Let's throw Omega Harrison. This because obviously, you know, so he let's. Could be there for the so, Washington so, so, State game. That's that Washington right. State is like the first game. Okay. So, so I think, I think what we'll see in that case is we'll see, we'll see more. We'll leave more obviously at the two artists. That's a given. I think almost the same lineup, but I think there's going to be a quicker leash on either Moore or Urban Morris to get Omega in, if that makes any sense. I, I can think, you can you push Omega, or I'm sorry, put Omega in at the two and push Lee Moore to the three? I think you can. I, I think the biggest question will be defensively for Lee Moore. Obviously, offensively, he can score from the wing. I don't. I don't matter. I don't really. He he shot some two really tough shots with. I want to say it was Paul Thomas in his face. Oh, no, not Paul Thomas. They're on the same team. With Broderick in his face on one, and he made it. So size matchup with him playing a three, sliding down, I think it's going to be an issue. Defensively will be yeah. his issue. Can he defend a bigger 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, small forward type guy? But I think you can. I think maybe you see that. And it's kind of funny that you said that today because another thing, you know, Floyd, that's some, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to transcript what he said on the teleconference. It was pretty good. He talked about the guards pushing Irvin Morris. So that could slot down Lee Moore. That could slot down Omega. And then you have Urban come off the bench. And that's something Floyd mentioned today. Urban Morris was a six-man last year. So these guards could be that. Because, okay, we're coming in the season thinking Urban Morris is our guy. Urban Morris is our guy. He has to be our guy. But now we saw that, well, you know what? As good as Urban Morris is, he may not have to carry that load. He doesn't have to be the star. He can be that role he played last year and play off of Lee Moore, play off of, of Omega, or Artis, and even play off of Omega if Omega has hot. You know, he hasn't had one of those games yet, but that's a damn good point. And like I said, Floyd basically said, I don't know, you know, I, I'm taking it this way where it's like, well, you know, either he's, 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 he's pushing, they're pushing that star role from Irvin where everything we thought would run through Irvin. Now you're seeing, well, you may not have to rely on that. Irvin can be a guy come off the bench. He he doesn't have to start because he'll still get his. So that that's something that we that we can watch. And if you see even on Saturday or, or you know when Omega comes back, if if Irvin doesn't start well, there it is, right? These guys just that good. We pushed him not off really to the side. Of course, he's going to get his twenty five to thirty minutes a game, maybe even more. But that could be, that could be a 
very big possibility we see as the season goes on. I think you hit it. You know, I think you're right on the starting five for the for the scrimmage. I think that's pretty probably easy to project. Yeah. But I, ideal starting five for the season, I don't know if there is one. And I think like we're talking about situational, and I'm not talking about four guards now, but I'm just saying like I think there's going to be times where you're going to see that three guard lineup. You know, you're going to see the Irvin Morris pushed out of the starting five and often to come off the bench. But I also think there's times where you're going to see Omega Harris come off the bench um, because the guy is such a spark plug, man. Yeah. You know, he's just – obviously, you're going to have great guard play now with Lee Moore and Artis. But Omega, we saw it time and time again last year where he just he just comes in, man. He just plays at another level of intensity, of, of speed. He's just On both ends. Yeah, on both ends. He's just running around everywhere. And then he'll, he'll just jack up the three, knock it down. You know, it's just, he just it, he just brings that – That, that, that Randy Culpepper. Yeah. Remember when, when – Harvey would bring him exactly. off the bench. It's just a boost. It's just a boost for the team. So, and I think this will be situational. I think maybe over the longer, you know, I think more often than not, you'll see it being Omega as a six man. But I definitely think situationally, you might see Omega put into the starting lineup. You go three guards, and then you have Irvin Morris coming off the bench. But my biggest questions, and I think this is, you know, pretty black and white here. This is obvious, but it's just like the bigs, man. The bigs. We we don't have any bigs right now. Again. I don't. I can't even talk about Matt Williams right now being a part yeah, of the team. Just, Obviously, he's a he's a member of the team. I'm just saying you can't you can't rely on any amount of minutes from him at this point. Or production. Or production because it may be 21 game. He may not play the next game. It may be five one game, and he may. You just never know what you're gonna get. And and they got to be very careful with him because frankly, it's just not worth. And it. And it's gonna man. be unpredictable all year. It is. It is. And you're and in a way that's a good thing for the defense. Yeah. I mean for for the team because defenses. You know the other team defensively won't know how to prepare because they won't know is he is he playing is he not is he going to be you know twenty minutes five minutes they, they don't know but um, at the same time we don't know either so that's not a, an advantage for us but I just think that's the biggest thing man ideally um, you're going to see the guards you know three guards switched in and out here and there I guess you're always going to have three guards because even Urban Morris is pretty much a guard yeah. but you know the four and the five spots are such a big question mark right now because. Obviously, Hooper's your best bet at the five, but can he play that consistently, man? Can he bang down there? Can he get those boards that you need? For a I mean, full season. we've talked about rebounding this season is not going to be, and we talked about it last week, even with Deweese, when we said, you know, you're not going to see, you know, a 10 rebound guy on a, on a regular basis. You know what I mean? It's going to have to be four rebounds here, three rebounds there, six rebounds here, five rebounds here, five or from six five guys, or six yeah. different guys. That's what you're going to have to have because that's just the team you have. But we have to find some type of consistency from at least one big man. And, and just seeing that really things aren't panning out the way we had hoped in the sense of Terry Wynn not really being a big, that kind of takes away, even though he could play the four, and he can rebound, and he but, can it, rebound but, but, but we, not, we thought he was a back to the basket. Exactly, guy. exactly. And then now you're seeing Broderick Jones, and he's not really that type of player either. And then you have Romine. I don't know how much he's going to play as a, as a young kid. He may get. He, Floyd hinted at a red shirt he for may, the first he may time on the conference so, today. And then you have Paul Thomas, who's not really that type of guy either, at least not yet. You know, so it's just like, where are you going to get this play from out of your four and your five? That's the, that's a huge question mark for me right now, and it's it, it's it's gonna it's gonna linger throughout the season. You know, you're gonna and I think you're gonna see different lineups. You know, with with at, as far as the four and the five, you're gonna see them tinkering with it. They're gonna try Terry Wynn. They're gonna try Jones. They're gonna try whoever they can possibly get to map as well as they can against that team that specific game. But that's just such a big question mark, man. And you just hope that guard play just 
kind of it's cancels gotta carry. all that. It's got to carry. You really hope that guard play just cancels all that out. And it's, and that's a, it's why, a possibility. That's and, why I'm hoping that what we saw out of this team Saturday from wasn't, wasn't just the fact that we have a terrible defense. It was that this team is a very good offensive team because we're going to have to have that. And we'll see. We'll find out. Two o'clock. I, man, I wish. Two o'clock. I, I wish they would have scheduled that like at seven. Because I yeah. mean, if that Utah game was, was closed, man, I thought it was. Good. I thought it was too. And then I checked uh, when I when I was looking at Cameron's roster, and I saw that it was two. I was like, well, I mean, thanks, because you know. <laughs> uh, well, I get her to work at at two, so I can be there probably by two thirty. So show up a few minutes late and check that out. But we'll have we'll have the football game on. The no team. matter what, man. No matter what, it's just. Woo, basketball season's here, man. You know, it's like yes, you wait so long for basketball season to come as a basketball school. And it seemed like this offseason was so long with so, with, with so much that happened yeah. and all the new faces mm-hmm. and turnover and all that. It's like we've been talking about Lee Moore and Dominic hey, Gardner. We, we didn't even mention McSwiggin or Touchette or anything in that last little segment. Nope. Out there, man. Those are a couple of guys that could play some roles, And it's too. funny because at the end of the game, you know, you're, you talk about guard play. And, of course, obviously statistics stand out in, in the game. Floyd talks about Lee Moy, talks about artists, but he brings up McSwiggin. Yeah. You know, when, he, when he's talking about guard play. So I think that kid is special. I, he's I, got the experience. Yeah. And, and that's another big thing where I don't think, you know, even though he's been out for however he is, as long as he's been out, I think he steps right in. He played all summer. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's, it's more of a, of, it's more of like a, a relief break in a sense, you know, you don't want to see a kid get hurt. Never, you know, we don't wish on nobody, but he has, he'll have fresh legs. He's had so many mental reps. He sees how intense a Floyd practices. And like I said, that was the third guard that he that Floyd mentioned when he's in the same sentence as Dominic Artis and Lee Moore. That tells me this kid has ability. And I'm just saying, any anybody that's got that type of international experience playing against that level of competition, even if it's under eighteen, whatever, you know, you're you're gonna you do well. You know, you're you're gonna be ready to play at this level. Now, is that does that mean he's gonna get twenty minutes a game? Probably not. It all depends on how well he does early on in the season, you know. If he's playing well, yeah, he probably will get 18 to 20 minutes a game. To start, though, I think you're going to see him get, you know, 8, 10 minutes, 12 minutes, and then it goes from there. But that's a guy that could be a wild card for this team, and, and God knows we need him, man. But good show, man. Y'all know where it's at. 2 o'clock Saturday, UTEP scrimmage against Cameron. And y'all know where to find us, www.minorrush.com, facebook.com slash minorrush. Twitter.com slash SBN Minor Rush or at SBN Minor Rush. And, and go troll the Southern Miss coach. He has it. a Twitter, Do at it. Coach Todd Monken. Do it. Troll his ass. Do it. Do it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.